Chapter Four of Jessica's Mother by Hesba Stratton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Four, Jessica's Choice. Early the next morning, Daniel went to the minister's house, half hoping that he should hear that the malady of the night before had been only a temporary insensibility from which he had recovered. But the minister lay in the same state of unconsciousness and showed no sign of returning life. The nurse told him that a ragged and miserable woman, who called herself Jessica's mother, had seen him during the Sunday afternoon and held a long conversation with him, after which he had ordered some food to be given her in the kitchen. This, then, no doubt, was the subject upon which the minister wished to speak to Daniel, and the latter felt more than ever lost in doubt as to what he ought to do, as it was now impossible to hear the advice which his master had intended to give him. He walked thoughtfully towards the chapel, with Jessica beside him, scarcely knowing how to break the news to her. He was a little sad and less talkative than usual, and her small hand was thrust lovingly into his own, as if she felt that it was needful to assure herself that it could return her warm grasp. When they opened the vestry door, and going in, saw all the confusion which bore testimony of the last night's calamity, Daniel drew the child closer to him with his arm, and bending down, stiffly kissed her uplifted face. "'He isn't going to die,' said Jessica, with a trembling voice. "'He is only resting himself,' the doctor says, "'and then he will know us again, and speak to us all.' "'To think,' cried Daniel, in mournful amazement, "'that he should have spoken thousands of us words, eh? Millions! "'Now scarce give an ear to him, "'and now I'd almost offer a golden guinea for every word he could speak to me. "'Ay! "'Jessica, so that he spoke pretty short and simple, I'd give a guinea a word if he could tell me what I ought to do. Do you want him to say something particular? asked Jessica. Aye, pretty particular, answered Daniel. Couldn't you ask God? suggested Jessica. Well, he answered doubtfully. Of course I could, but then there's no direct answer, which I couldn't mistake. My aunt used to open the Bible and take the first verse she said or I saw for answer, and fair quick answers they were sometimes. I'm not good enough yet to expect a fair quick answer to my prayers. Jessica made no answer, for Daniel's mode of reasoning was a little obscure to her, but she set to work to put the scattered chairs in order, while Daniel looked on with loving but troubled eyes. Jessica, he said, the drill I'd like to talk to him about is that you must come back again. She started and looked at him with great wide-open eyes of amazement and terror, while her face quivered and she twitched her small shoulders a little, as if already shrinking from a blow. But the expression of pain and fear passed away quickly, and though her face was pale, a smile came upon it. "'Doesn't God know that mother's come back?' she asked. There was no need for Daniel to answer her question, but he turned it over and over again in his own mind, like something very much like doubt. It seemed as if it would have been so much better, especially at this crisis, for Jessica's mother to remain absent that it was as if God had given up his particular providence over the affairs of insignificant people like himself and Jessica. It would be no wonder if amid all the affairs of the hosts of angels and the myriads of worlds of which he had a vague idea, that God should overlook a little matter like the tramping to and fro of a drunken woman. It was a saddening thought, but Daniel was in the mood to cherish it. Do you know where my mother is? asked Jessica. No, dearie, answered Daniel. I gave her a shilling while I decided to pay for watching and breakfast. She told me she'd had nothing to eat or drink all day, but the nurse said she'd been to see the master yesterday afternoon and had a good meal. She's sure to come again. 
Uh, she's sure to come again, echoed Jessica. And so, continued Daniel, Nurse and me have agreed you'd better stay with the young ways for a bit, out of the way, like, till I can see how I can sail with your mother. You'd be glad to stay with Miss Chess and Winnie, Jessica. Yes, she answered, her face quivering again as if she could scarcely keep herself from crying. But I'd like to see my mother. See your mother, repeated Daniel with unfeigned astonishment. Whatever for, Jessica? She's my mother, replied Jessica, and the Lord Jesus Christ had a mother. Oh, I'd like to see her again and tell her about God and Jesus Christ in heaven. Perhaps she'd become a good woman. She could control herself no longer, and throwing herself on her knees before the minister's chair, she hid her face in her hands, and Daniel heard that amidst her sobs she was murmuring some prayer to God for her mother. This was a new perplexity, that Jessica should wish to see her cruel and hard-hearted mother, but there was something in it which he could neither blame nor gainsay. He would rather have kept Jessica in safety at the minister's house than have exposed her to the frequent and violent visits of the drunken woman to his own little dwelling. But if Jessica decided otherwise, he would not oppose her. His house did not seem the same place without her presence in it. Just for yourself, dearie, he said very gently. Come home with me, and want the chance of your mother coming again soon. I'll go back to Miss Jane Winnie, who are so fond of you, and where everything is fine, and you'll be in such good company. Just for yourself. I'll go home with you, said Jessica, getting up from her knees with a cheerful smile. I couldn't think this morning he'd sweep the kitchen and get the breakfast. I'd rather go home with you, if you please. It was impossible for Daniel not to be gratified at Jessica's choice, however troubled he might be with the idea of her mother's disturbance of their peace, for home was not home without her. They kept very near to one another all day at their work, and it was late at night before they returned home, where they found no one sitting upon the doorsteps, as Daniel timorously expected but their neighbor Brooks informed them that Jessica's mother had been sobbing and crying before the closed door during a great part of the evening. End of chapter 4